0: Don't just have a verbal conversation and agree on what you're going to do, whether they're building it or you're building it. Have something written down. I prefer a term sheet if it's a little more complex, a little more investment, or at least an email that documents, yeah, here's what we're going to do to support you and vice versa. Welcome to SaaS Connect, the SaaS Partnership Podcast, brought to you by the Cloud Software Association. Thank you, as always, to our podcast producers, content allies. They help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com. Okay, I'm here to talk about the easiest subject on the planet, building an integration partner program. It's so easy you don't even need slots. And if you believe that, I could sell you some land up in the Arctic. It's actually really hard, and that's actually why I'm up here to talk. I've pretty much screwed up integration partners and alliances for 30 years. So I have a couple of screw ups to share with all of you today and maybe a couple of of wins. But the, the purpose behind putting together these slides isn't so much to tell you, here's the plan, here's how it works, to give you some things to think about, some things that you may want to consider if you're either A, building a partner program or B, you've got one and you're just trying to figure out how to optimize it, how to take it to the next stage. So some of the topics we're going to talk about are here. I'm going to start off probably the most important one, like why bother? It's hard, right? So first of all, how many people have a CEO that they get it, they love it, they give you the full support that you need, and their expectations are natural? You're a liar. You are the CEO, so it doesn't count, Jeff. Probably not, right? It took me three years of my four years at FreshBooks to get our CEO, Mike, to understand the importance of an API and having integration partners. And I'll explain why in a second. But it's really hard, number one. Some of the other things that are difficult, you may be facing this yourselves. Expectations internally aren't always realistic, right? So, okay, you're going to build an integration partner, and by the way, you're going to drive $10 million in revenue, or you're going to drive 50% of our new acquisition. Go! Not necessarily realistic sometimes. It's not easy. I'll talk about the not easy. I've got a couple slides just talking about how hard it is. It's a long-term play. It's not a short-term play. I don't know how many of you have come across, okay. The next six months, I expect you to have hundred apps in your app marketplace, which you haven't built yet and monetize it, go. It takes time. It's a long-term play. It's not a short, it's not a sprint in a quarterly sprint or an OKR that you can just pass off to somebody. It's actually part of a long-term multi-year strategy. So you need to have that kind of plan and buy-in. And then finally it takes resources. So it's not one BD person or one product person that's putting this together. You actually need the organization behind you to do this successfully. And if you don't, you're going to fail guaranteed Been there a couple of times. So here's the other reason why you should bother. I'm going to share some numbers with you folks. FreshBooks has 120 different countries around the world, Canadian based out of Toronto. We've got about 12 million users around the world. We do cloud accounting, but we do it from the kind of the ground up. So we started with invoicing, that's it. And then we started to grow the functionality that a small business owner needs. Our audience are freelancers and solopreneurs up to like small, small businesses. And our focus is the entrepreneur, whether it's the entrepreneur that runs that business or the entrepreneur that's on their own. One of the key differences between us and like a QuickBooks, they do accounting for SMBs. They do the whole thing, they do it really well, but what they don't do really well is treat that entrepreneur with the needs that they have if they don't know accounting and they don't have a passion for accounting. So that's what we do. So that's kind of our differentiator. It, we had a previous platform called FreshBooks. we now call it FreshBooks Classic. That we're, we've, got, we've got the new platform for FreshBooks. Here's some data that we had actually pulled. So we had OAuth reporting in Classic, and now we actually have the OAuth reporting, which I'll talk about in a second, in the new platform. But in the O platform, I want to share some of the data that we've collected over the years with cohorts. And, and you need this kind of data, by the way, to help you get buy-in. So we know that our customers on Classic, when they attach at least one app to FreshBooks, on average churn 7.5% less than if they don't. They have a 20.9% ARPU, average revenue per user, and they have a 30.7% higher long-term value, LTV. And the CAC, which is cost of acquisition, is lower. I didn't actually share the number, yeah, I can't share everything, but then CAT varies depending on the types of partners you have, but on average, it's lower than other marketing tactics that you may use. Having these types of metrics helps you a ton if you're trying to get resources. Because our CEO Mike, when he saw these numbers and he realized the light went on in his head, you mean if we have our customers using multiple apps attached to FreshBooks, I'll keep them longer and I'll make more money off of them? Okay, that's important to me. And so the light went on. It wasn't just about acquisition, having integration partners so they can acquire new customers. That's important too. But start with this if you can. All right, here's a patented 12-step process to building your integration partner program. My book's coming out next week. Actually, it could be 13, it could be 15, it could be two, it doesn't matter. I just happened to think of 12 things to share with you today. And they're kind of in chronological order actually so the first thing is if you define the need why do it like what kind of value is going to bring to your company so there are really kind of four areas that I, I think of you're either addressing customer retention you want to get create that stickiness to your app you want to address acquisition so you do want a model so you can actually acquire new customers expand your distribution and your advertising through partners you may want to extend the product features so at freshbooks we're kind of quarter what we do but crm and payroll and billing and all these other apps uh, they they naturally work with fresh, we're not going to build them, so let's have a natural extension of our product suite through best of breed partners. And then finally, improving customer workflows. So getting feedback from your customers, and I'll talk about this in a second, is critical. So finding out what do they need, what are they asking for, and customer support, if you've got a customer support organization, that is your best recording principle for getting this information. At FreshBooks, kind of the core of our existence, and actually in the middle of the building, if you're over there, it's the support team. called call them the Rockstars. And so everything that we build and do is based on the feedback that we get from those support rock stars. In fact, when you start at FreshBooks, you spend your first 30 days, no matter what your job is, in support as a rock star, which is great because you get to talk to the customers and hear, what do you want? What, do you, what problems are you having? You get to learn the product. So by the time you come out of there, you, can, you get a pretty good understanding of how it works. So that, I always have a listen to support. Talk about that in a second. Second thing, and I say second, not first, is getting the executive buy in. And executive buy in doesn't mean your CEO saying, Awesome, George, go do it. It actually means they're giving you budget. So if you've got the budget given to you, that's a sign of support. If you've got headcount, and so you've got some people either on your team or other teams thinking about APIs and integration partners, that's a check mark. And if it's on other people's OKRs or objectives, that's a check mark. If you're off running, and I've done this, you're off running and you're building integrations and partnerships, but you're the only one doing it, and the product organization doesn't give a shit, and the marketing organization doesn't give a shit, just you give a shit, it's hard to actually sustain momentum and grow it. But a checkpoint for you is when you hear other people, not on your team, talking about their objectives and happen to be integration partners or APIs, you know you've got buy-in from the organization. It's not coming from you. Third, defining the categories. So all all of us are different. We all serve different customers and different solutions. Get a clear understanding, what are the categories that you need to build to? So I mentioned a couple that are relevant to FreshBooks, whether it's payroll or CRM or marketing automation. Uh, Those are the categories. Define which categories and try and prioritize them. We prioritize them based on Again, customer feedback. What are they asking for the most? So we have a tool, Zendesk, that captures these discussions. And so we're able to pull reports out there. And we do this on a monthly basis to see, what are they talking about? What are they asking us about from a third party perspective? That actually drives a lot of the prioritization for us in terms of what integrations and apps we want to partner with. Fourth is building the API library. I had a really good the round table discussion at lunchtime, it was really good, and we were just talking about API and, and I said at our company, and someone else had mentioned their company was API first and then product second. And I thought that's really interesting, we are the opposite. We are a product and API was kind of a, an afterthought and only until our CEOs and head of product, you know, the light went on, now we've got this focus around API and building a, a proper API library. And I don't think we have a good one yet, but we're going to get really good at it. And one thing we've done, back to commitment, is now we have actually a product team that's just API, they're an API product owner, and a product manager, and developers. So you know you've got commitment when you've got a team that's just thinking about that. It took a while to get there. Number five, your website. So I've seen some really good ones and I've seen some really crappy ones. And so I'll kind of give you you know, my insight. There are probably three stages of a website that you wanna build. If you're in that first stage where you've got like one to 20-ish apps that you're integrated to, then you don't need a, a very complex website. List the logos up there, a little bit of information on who your partners are. But once you start getting to 20, 20 to, 20 to 100, then you've got to structure the the website a bit differently, right? You've got to actually add categories. You can't just have big logos. You've got to actually shrink it. You have to add search functionality. And then once you get to 100 and 100 plus, that's another level of sophistication. And that's actually where we're at now. So we're approaching about 90 integrations today up there. So the site's getting a little wieldy. So now we've got to actually re-engineer it. And so when you re-engineer it, it gives you the ability to not only improve the search engine in the categories, but then you can start doing things like clustering the integrations that you're actually promoting based on who your customers are, or promoting, you know, having like a tiered structure and promoting certain integrations, which by the way adds value to the people that are developing the integrations. Talk about that in a sec. And you need to think of two, we need to think of two things. Uh, The customers are looking at the website, so I'm building it for a customer, and the developers. There's actually two sites. What's the site with the APIs and the support that the developers need? So the two sites you need to think about. Driving the value prop for the developers—that's probably a topic on its own, and in fact, it has been, and it was a big topic at lunchtime for us. This is a, tough, a difficult one. How do you agree on what the value proposition is when you're talking to a particular partner? There's this tail—you've heard of like the long tail. There's a long tail, there's a mid tail, and there's actually a top tail when it comes to integration partnerships. The long tail are the developers and those small startup apps and smaller to mid size apps that they just—they just, need to connect to your app. And so you gotta make sure that you're providing lots of value add for them. So they're looking for access to your customers. We have 12 million users. They want access to our 12 million users. So getting them up on the website, the newsletter, the blog, that's important to them. Then you've got this, the top tail. These are the big companies like the Microsoft and the Google and who say to you, hey, great, here's our program, knock yourself out, you connect to it, and so you do it. And from a fresh perspective, and I heard another presenter yesterday, there's, there are one or two apps a year that we build at the top tail. These are the ones that are, the product team is actually running with it, and they build it. And then you've got the mid tail, which is probably the most complicated one. And most of us in our conversations this week are probably sitting in that mid tail. We're similar in size. So we're sitting down with, you know, our friends from MailChimp and Slack and Trello and Chargeify and like, all these, these partners who also have partner programs, who also have an API and who would like you to write to their integration and you would like to write to our integration. And so that's, I got a slide that talks about that in a second, but that's the mid-tail. And so how do you figure that out? Because none of us have unlimited funding and resources to build all these, although we'd love to, right? So how do you address that? I'll talk about that in a second. Number seven is targeting integrations. So I've touched on that. We use three sources to help us target what integrations do we want to target. Number one is customer support, Hearing what our customers have to say. We also run meetups across the country, across the continent, actually, and actually have dinner. We host dinners. And one of the key things that we always ask, what apps do you use? What would you like to see us integrate to? And so we always capture that information talking to them. Second is sales. Some organizations have big sales. Some companies have big sales organizations. Some don't have any. We have a smaller one. And so they're a good source for getting information. So our smaller sales organization deals with existing customers and the bigger customers. And they're like client success managers. We're actually starting to develop an acquisition team as well now. So they give us feedback. And then the third source to help us prioritize is actually like at conferences like this. It's talking to friends and partners that have similar customers and understanding, coming out of there and saying, hey, look, if we build an integration into HubSpot, here's the value that we would get if we did that. And so having those conversations just out in the market so those are the three that we use. And then negotiating value with the partner. I'm going to touch on that one in, in a minute. Consider outsourcing your development. So here's a thought. When we first started talking to our friends at Left Hook and a few of the other partners that we've had, I thought, I don't know about this, man, this could be a big mistake. Here's what we did. We don't have unlimited funds. I don't have resources to build integrations to Zapier and to HubSpot and some of the larger ones that we really want to build integrations to. But I do have some budget because I did get executive commitment. So I have some budget. So what we're doing is, and this is the mid-tail, this is where we strategically pick some partners that we do want to build that integration And so we negotiate with that that partner, if we build it, what are you going to do for us? And it usually comes out like the marketing that's provided, and then we use a partner, so in this case it's it's Left Hook Digital, who's here and Tom's right there, and we outsource to them, so we've given them a fee, like a monthly fee, and so we task them with building a couple of these a year and maintaining them, so it's a line item for me. And so far, so good. Ask me again a year from now how it's going. But so far, so good. And we started this like, uh, I don't know, mid-last mid year, I think it was. And the idea actually came up. We had a conversation at SAS Connect last year, and we talked about, all right, let's try this out. So that's one way to do it. Marketing number 10. So actually, I'm going to touch on something that you may not be thinking. Marketing of the integrations, got it. There are ways to do it. You can blog, newsletters, your website. But have you thought about how you're marketing just the concept of integrations to your customers, We've not done a very good job of it, and we're going to this summer. Now as we rebuild the the website, because that's got to come first, because it's got to be better, uh, we're going to spend some time marketing to our customer base the value. What is an integration? Why would I connect an app? What app should I connect? And creating an awareness. Because if you don't do that, then great, you have the best integrations, but your customers aren't actually connecting them or don't know how to do it. And so that's actually key. Number 11 is tracking. Uh, So I showed you those great metrics at the beginning. The only way you can do that is if you've got some type of reporting. So we track two things, OAuth reporting, which tracks the connections that you have. So we've now recently, in the new platform, got a daily report that in Looker, which is the app, that shows us how many apps uh, are connected, how many customers are connecting an app, what apps are they connecting, what are the most popular apps that they're connecting. So it gives us some really good insight into what are the strategic partnerships, are we winning, where do we need to pro- provide our focus? And that's actually on our KPIs. So I've added that in our monthly report, uh, actually, it's bi weekly report, OAuth reporting. So I built that into the, the foundation of the company. Their expectation is OAuth reporting equates to churn, LTV, ARPU. And so it's important, not just acquisition, because I'm sure all of you get that, which, by the way, is the other KPI. So, how are we doing in acquisition? So, we have acquisition targets as well, and that's done through the reciprocal marketing that we do through our partners. And that's really hard right it's hard to capture i got a customer from that hubspot integration so we do a couple of things to try and you know trick the system a little bit one thing we do is we create custom landing pages for every integration that we've got every partnership we've got if they're going to do co-marketing so freshbooks.com partner and quite often not always but quite often we'll give an extra an offer be like a, a two free months on freshbooks so there's a value to the partner who can say hey through our partnership with freshbooks you can get extra month if you sign up through here So it's a little incentive to actually click that link instead of going to freshbooks.com where we lose you. So it's a little trick that actually works pretty well for us. And by the way, those partners that we track on average convert. So you get the the way uh, FreshBooks works is you get a free month of trial, and then you can convert to subscription or two free months through a partner offer. They convert on average about 5 to 6% higher than all our other methods combined. So It's actually a pretty good converting channel. And then the last point. Reporting on goals, don't forget to get that front foremost in front of the management team again and again and again. So we're bi-weekly, I'm showing them our dashboard, here's the results, I've built it into the KPIs of the business, so they, they get it, they see it. Here's some things that can go wrong, I won't get into too much detail here, but again, experience of 30 years of doing it wrong. Poor or broken integrations. One thing to build the integration and you have it out there, don't forget about it because they may, the app may change, right? They may have an update that breaks that integration or we may build something that breaks. And if you forget about it, customers have a bad experience. That's not good. So keep an eye on it. Customer support's a great tool for actually letting you know if it's broken. Fix it right away. Number two, not showing a return on investment. So if you're just touting all the, the greatness of your partner integrations and your partners, but not actually showing that the data that matters to your CEO, your funding will decrease. Number three, the outdated website. It's very easy for that website to get outdated. And I mentioned the three kind of stages. Keep an eye on that and keep getting feedback from your customers. And then the fourth one is it's all give and no take. Uh, you can't build all the integrations or you can't keep asking for them to do all the work. You've got to have a fine balance of value prompts. So sharing back data with your partners that, hey, here's what we're seeing. Here's the OAuth connections to your app. Here's the acquisition we got from you. What's the acquisition that you've been getting from us? That's important because it not only builds good relations, but it helps you to make sure you've got a fine balance of give and takes. That's a tough one. So here's some questions to ask yourself. And I'm sure if you're in this industry, you probably come across these quite often. Do I integrate with a competitor? So that one's a religious debate at FreshBooks. You know, my CEO, like QuickBooks, you will, thou shalt not connect into QuickBooks. And my attitude is the easier we make it to connect, the better it is for our customer. We're getting less reason to leave. Why would they want to leave? Right? I haven't quite won that war yet. It's a partial one. So we have a partner called OneSaaS. I'm sure many of you use. So OneSaS actually does a really good job of counting to counting integrations. So we do have QuickBooks and zero integrations through OneSaS. In fact, we took it a step further. We actually bundled OneSaS um, into our higher package. So if you're in the higher package, which our larger customers tend to go in, we give them the QuickBooks integration, we pay for it. So that's partial win for me, I'd like to give it to everybody. So something to consider, and quite often there's competition, like we don't compete directly with QuickBooks, they kind of play out market, but quite often there's competition. So from Microsoft days, I lived this, I ran the partner program in Canada, and so I had a daily conversation with partners that say, What the hell did you build SharePoint for? I mean, I built a whole CMS solution on your Microsoft stack. All my customers are are reliant on my integration with Microsoft. Now you built SharePoint. Thanks a lot, Microsoft. But the answer was, look, you've got value functionality in kind of what you built. And yeah, there's competition that, that happens, right? So let's work on how to maybe these coexist. So Microsoft's really good at this coexistence, and I'm sure many of you live with the big giants, Microsoft and Apple and some of the others. There's a coexistence strategy you just gotta play with. And the elephant sometimes rolls over and builds an app that completely competes with you. Just that's what happens. Is everyone on the bus with me? So I, I talked about those check marks. Check to see if you're getting those check marks, not just nodding of the heads, because executives don't necessarily get what the hell you're doing. So they'll be like, yeah, sure, sounds good. Wow, that's great. They got these sexy logos up on our website. I love seeing Google and Microsoft. and." you know, the MailChimp and Shopify on our website, awesome way to go. But if they're not giving you the resources, the headcount, the budget, then you're not gonna succeed in the long term. So make sure they're on the bus with you. And that last point I made earlier, are you hearing other people in the organization talk about their objectives and how they're driving integrations and partners? Then you know you've got them on board. I'm sure no one comes across this, right? Bigger fish and Mexican standoffs. The bigger fish is that debate I mentioned earlier. You build it, No, you build it. We've got a great partner program. Well, we've got a great partner program. And that happens in the mid tail and happens, it happens at this conference. Had a great conversation with great company, Big Commerce. earlier. I don't know if uh, John's in here, same thing, right? We would love to integrate with you and vice versa. We use a partner Zapier to do that today. And OneSaaS has that integration for us as well. But we talked about like, what would a native integration look like? Yeah. You know what? It was a Mexican standoff. It was a tie. We're not going to build and they're not going to build, but we're going to continue to talk and see how do we maybe do some co-marketing together? What are some, maybe some unique things that we could build together. So it just happens, and my advice here, don't waste too much time on Mexican standoffs. It's just, we've not, we collectively have not figured this out yet, okay? That's why Zapier exists, and OneSaaS, and these apps, they at least give us a solution. So, guess what, BigCommerce is up on our website as an integration today. It's just got the Zapier logo on it. Another question you might ask yourself, or you get asked, like, how can I afford this? Right? I'm a dog lover, that's why I've got this one. For you cat lovers, there was like an opposite gif, or meme, sorry. A couple ways to do this. Don't get caught Don't get caught up in the trap of revenue only. So at the lunchtime discussion, we were talking about revenue, right? At Mind and body, I think it was. Yeah, revenue's got to be a part of it, but you will lose that battle if you just focus on revenue and carrying a quota from partners. That's a tough conversation. It's a tough ball. So if you can balance that with growth of apps, and being able to measure uh, OAuth connections and usage and the, the LTV through those customers, it makes the conversation a lot easier. And then the budget, there are ways to trick the budget. So I mentioned uh, the relationship we have with Left Hook, where I, I've secured some funding, get some of those integrations done that I just need them done, and product's not going to do it for me. So I use that budget, which isn't too much, and I justify it by showing those KPIs on a regular basis. That's kind of a way around it. And then what should I expect from my partner? One piece of advice, don't just have a verbal conversation and agree on what you're going to do, whether they're building it or you're building it. Have something written down. I prefer a term sheet if it's a little more complex, a little more investment, or at least an email that documents, yeah, here's what we're going to do to support you and vice versa. So we've got actually a PowerPoint, and Mudita, who runs part of the program for my group, has a standard PowerPoint and the website. She's like, here's what you get. It's standard, right? And we'll talk about some of the details together. We'll document it together. Because the trap you can fall into, and I've seen this happen many times, okay, yeah, awesome, we're gonna do this together. And then you start to build that integration, you're incurring the cost of that integration, and they're not delivering on the marketing end of it. And I'm gonna pick on my ex-employer who's here, so I apologize, but Microsoft, I'll give you a good example. We negotiated with Microsoft building uh, Outlook Pay, which launched earlier this year, so FreshBooks is actually integrated into Outlook. So when your customers get your FreshBooks invoice in an email in Outlook, you can actually see the invoice in the Outlook email, and you can pay the invoice in without having to leave the email, which is kind of cool. So we saw the value in that. We also saw the value in one billion users. There's a little bit of value there. But we negotiated on paper. Well, what, do, what are you giving us? We wanted marketing. That's what I wanted. I wanted access to those customers. And so we built that integration. That was one of the couple that we built last year and didn't see the marketing reciprocal from our friends. And I said, Hey, you see this, an email here, and this term sheet we signed? You need to do an email blast to your customers. And they said, Well, all we can really do is email blast our customers and put it in the newsletter. Yeah, I'm okay with that. It's a billion people. Do it, it's written down. So make sure you get it written down and you have checkpoints along the way. My, my advice there. Okay, what's next? So this is kind of what we're working on. You know, the next stage is for us and something you may want to consider. Expanding the categories. So as your company evolves, you probably need, in, there are new integrations that weren't relevant a year ago that maybe are relevant now or will be relevant in six to 12 months. So from a perspective, we're putting more focus on the small business teams. And so there are some apps there as we build more functionality, more accounting-like functionality that we're now talking to and addressing. So something to ask yourselves, because your product is always evolving, so it may not be the same set of partners. Second thing is further monetizing. So we provide value add to our customers? What we haven't done a good job of is the developer community, that, that long tail of developers. We have not figured this out yet. We're trying to figure out what's the proper way to monetize this and incent developers to add, create all these add-ons. And Some folks that I think have done a good job, like Slack and Trello are two companies done a pretty good job. I was on Trello's site and we met with them last year here. They've got lots of these little, I forget what they call them, power-ups. Lots of these little power-ups, that's awesome. I'd like to know how they did that because I would like to get these type of power-ups for FreshBooks to figure out how to monetize that. We have not figured it out yet, but I know there's a value in doing that. We're revising the website as, as I mentioned, so can't take it into that third level. The other thing that uh, we're doing, at least in, in our app, AI is built into our, our app. So as we start to scale and add accounting like functionality, We have to hide it because the key to our success is keeping it ridiculously easy to use. That's kind of our key to success. It's super easy and quirky. And if you don't like accounting, that's okay. But how do you add a ledger and chart of accounts and those confusing true accounting things without losing what's core to your mission? You do it through AI. And so when your customer comes in and I'm I'm, I'm a carpenter and I really hate accounting and all I need is invoicing, that through that profile, he's not going to see or she's not going to see chart of accounts and bank reconciliation. But if I own a you know, a 20% law firm, and I do actually need more accounting functionality, then the app actually introduces General Ledger and some of those other things. So that's how we're attacking it. Same thing goes with integrations. So, one thing we're looking at is how do you use AI to introduce the right integrations? So, we're approaching 100 integrations, we'll probably be at 200 by next year. I don't want to show 200 apps to someone that only cares about 50 of those apps. So, based on the profiling and how they use the product, we're starting to look at how do you build AI incorporated so that it only shows the integrations that really matter or it suggests the right integrations, which by the way, adds more value prop back to those partners that I'm talking to. That sounds pretty sexy. Wow, you mean you can, you can pop up my app as a, a recommended integration and app inside your app? Yes, yeah, sign me up. So that's kind of where we're going. And then finally improving the API library. And something I already knew by a good conversation we had at lunchtime, how do you attract more developers? You've got a really good documentation process in site, right? with clean documentation, multiple languages, We're not there yet, but having an API team who treats it like a product hopefully gets us there. That's something to think about. Don't just throw shit up there because it's not going to attract developers. Make sure it's a really good, clean website with good documentation. So that's it. I don't know if I've gone over or not, but if you've got any questions, happy to take them. Like I said, many years of more failures than successes, but hopefully there's a couple of nuggets there that were valuable. Okay. So the question was, if I got it right, how do you collect that support information? Like how do they, where do they email you? So how do you track that feedback? So we're fortunate in that we've got kind of core to the product offering. We have free unlimited support and it's phone based and chat. And so we get a lot of that feedback because it's free. And we use a tool called Zendesk to capture all that information. The sales team uses Salesforce to capture that information. And so we've got input apps and we, we just pull reports out. So Mudita, who runs the program, can get all that information at a timely basis. Yeah, cool. So that was a great presentation. Thank you. I was taking furious notes. We're a little bit over time, so I'm sure there's more questions. So maybe you can catch George afterward. And how about a big round of applause for George? Great great job. If you like this and want more great insights on software partnerships, you've got to rate, like, and subscribe. And join us at thecloudsoftwareassociation.com. Thank you, as always, to our podcast producers, Content Allies. They help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com.